Hey, podcast listeners, it's one of your hosts, Michael Gibson. And before we get started with the show, I just want to ask a quick favor of you. It only takes like half a second, and all you have to do is go to our main show page on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast on and just head down to ratings and reviews, and you'll see a place where you can give us five stars. Let me tell you why those stars are so important. By giving us five stars, it shows iTunes that you like this podcast and that people that listen to similar podcasts as you might also enjoy our show. By giving us a stellar rating that's clicking five stars, it allows our podcast to be vaulted to the top of iTunes lists so that other people might find words to live by. We love our podcast community, we love our listeners, and we would love it if you would give us a five-star rating. And now, without further ado, here's this week's episode of Words to Live By. Even something like having a group of girls that I was meeting up with last night and I, I kept thinking in my head like oh I'm, I'm just ready for it to be over like I'm excited for it to be over because I had all this anxiety and was worried and like didn't know how it was gonna go and I look back on that and I'm like it was a great night and we were all nervous to be there and like really like God was teaching me in that moment like how how can I turn these worries into prayers and to go into the night with some sort of expectation and belief that God is going to show up and that God is doing something bigger. This is Words to Live By, a podcast that serves the purpose to help you supercharge your relationships with God, others, and yourself. I'm Michael Gibson, and coming up this week on the show, have you ever been stuck in the future? wishing, hoping, and dreaming you could just skip over your current season and go right to living your best life? Well, I fall into that trap all the time, and today we're going to learn from best-selling author and TED speaker Hannah Brinsher about why we need to be more intentional about learning to value what matters today. It's all next. And welcome into another edition of Words to Live By. It's your host, Michael Gibson, and I am joined, as always, by Mr. Captain Dad. And I had to add that Mr. this time because it just seems a lot more official, Dad. Yes, I love Captain Dad. A lot of people probably don't know why I picked Captain Dad. And that is really because from the time you were a little kiddo, you're being our firstborn You've always been large and in charge. And I remember going, I think I'm the dad here, but you wanted to be in charge. So it was always fun because at the table, we'd be out to eat. And literally at four years of age, you'd be asking our waiter for the check. I'll never go away. I think that's my job to do. So I always had to remind, I'm dad, you're my son. So oh, Captain yes. Dad was yes. born. And um, I remember that. Yes. But I love how you've taken your personality and just grown with it. And it's awesome. And the thing is, now that you're like a college grad, moving on with life, I just get to enjoy wearing my Captain Dad t-shirt now. Well, I'll guarantee you one thing is I won't be asking for the check anymore. So you can uh, rest assured on that one. Yeah, you're going to soon. Trust me. One of these days, I am going to get payback. <laughs> That's right. One of these days. One of these days. And, um, 
You know, Dad, it's uh, uh, it's been funny to me because you know we've we've done. Um, I think this is our twenty fourth episode that we've done of the show so far, and uh, you know we've um, we've had a lot of great episodes out there. And you know, of all the things that I've gotten emails, from, I love receiving uh, feedback from our listeners, and and uh, the one thing that they love is your nickname. That's the one thing that everyone has emailed me about, just saying, "Oh my gosh, we love your dad's nickname." So I'm glad that um, that your nickname has become the new star of the show well good well hey maybe we can get into um even coming up with even more nicknames that's right i know now we need to come up with a nickname for myself yeah (laughs) well you know dad i am super excited about today's show because i can literally say that this show has been something that's kind of been um in the works for a long time and um i uh first came across our guest today uh, just kind of browsing the web and and um I, uh, I came across uh, her book, which at that time was still months away from being released. And um, it actually was just released a couple of weeks ago, which I know we'll talk about that. Um, but uh, our guest is just one of those people that is just cool. You know, she just she just oozes cool in, in everything that she does. And uh, she's spoken at TED and uh, she's the founder of an organization called The World Needs More Love Letters. And uh, she's based out of Atlanta, Georgia. And her name is Hannah Brincher. And she joins us right now. Good morning, Hannah. Good morning. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. I It's so great to be called cool. You know, I never think of myself as cool. <laughs> <laughs> you are, man. I have uh, just love getting to, uh, you know, uh, research more about your organization and and um, and about what you've been doing with with uh, with love letters. I think that is so cool. Thank you. It's completely unexpected, but I find that often the best things are. Yeah, yeah, that's I love that. And um, so you know, before we kind of uh, before we kind of jump into your new book, uh, which is called Come Matter Here, um, I'd love for you just to give a snapshot of who Hannah is and um, maybe uh, you know ad- address some of these um, some of these awesome uh, things that you've launched and, and, uh, just, uh, give us a, uh, give us a snapshot of who Hannah Brincher is. Yeah. So I think, um, first and foremost, I, I, if I was to identify myself with one thing, it would definitely be writing. Um, I am very passionate about the written word. I always have been since I was a little girl. Um, my grandmother told me when I was six that I would write books. And so I just always believed her and went after it. Um, I've always just been very passionate about, reading and writing. And so I'm thankful that that's kind of the core of the work that I do. But yeah, I love creating initiatives. I love creating things that I believe probably make the world better, um, things that people can get involved with, they can feel like they're a part of something bigger. Um, I'm very passionate about faith and growing faith and cultivating faith and helping other young people do the same And yeah, I mean, personally, I live in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I love cooking and I love lifting weights and um, hanging out with my husband and my friends and just figuring out how to plant roots down. Um, Just turned 30. So that's also something that happened two weeks ago. So yeah. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. It's been, it doesn't feel any different. People always ask you like, oh, what does it feel like to turn 30? I'm like, I don't know yet, but it doesn't feel any different from 29, really. (laughs) Hey, I love turning 30, love turning 40, almost getting close to turning 50. Not quite, but it gets better and better. Awesome. That's so good to hear. I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) 
Oh, hey, and hey, I, I really think, Hannah, when Michael came to me and talked to me about this messaging and being a marriage pastor, someone that works with individuals, working with couples, I thought this way how you said it, just reading what you wrote, is absolutely brilliant. And Thank I you. really believe younger people as well as older people really need to listen to and attend to. And that's where it's just really interesting. And where did you come up with this message in a sense of where it really became a passion where you thought anytime people don't understand how hard it is to write books, even if you're a writer, yeah. it's, it's really birth. It, it, it's, it's a long process. It's a message that is really birthed in your heart as God is giving us this message and giving us the ability to write it. It takes time and, and lots of research and, and lots of writing, but obviously this message means a lot to you. Where did it really get birth of this message come matter here? Yeah, you know, I think that the message in a lot of ways, like if I look back, it's always been there through, I would definitely say my mom. Um, my mom is just somebody who's always been really good at being present for people and showing up for people. And really like when she has somebody in front of her, you know, like she, she pays attention to them. And that is uh, getting to be a rarer and rarer thing in the world that we live in because we're easily distracted and there's always something to turn our attention towards. And so I think that when all of this started happening for me, when I did the TED talk, when I started speaking, when I got the first book deal, um, I think it was really easy to fall into this mindset of like, okay, like this is the stuff that matters. Like this is the stuff that I need to keep accomplishing because it gets a lot of affirmation. It gets praise. It, It seems to be the things that people say matter in this world. But I learned really quickly that that stuff, as beautiful as it is, like, your identity can't be founded in that and it won't fill you up and it's going to disappoint you like everything else disappoints in this lifetime. Um, And so in that chase from the next thing to the next thing to the next thing, I think I really just exhausted myself and got to the point of like, okay, there has to be something more here. And if I've learned anything from my faith journey, I feel like God is just consistently calling us to the here and now. He's not asking us to live five years in the future, 10 years in the past. He's asking us to be where our feet are. And that's honestly one of the hardest things to embrace in this year, um, in this generation, you know, where it would just be so much easier to be on our phones or be distracted or planning for that next best thing. Yeah. You know, I totally fall into the trap of that because, um, you know, uh, Hannah, we were talking a little bit, um, before we started the show that I am a fresh college graduate and, and, uh, just graduated from school. And, um, you know, uh, it's kind of a, uh, graduating from college is, is kind of like jumping off a cliff and you don't really know if there's a huge, uh, inflatable pillow at the bottom, or if you're just kind of, kind of hit rock bottom and have to kind of restart. And, um, and so that's kind of, you know, the, the place that I've been in. And, and to be honest with you, when I first, uh, when I first graduated and, you know, walked across the stage and experienced this exciting moment and, and then all of a sudden the next day I realized, well, wait a second, I'm an actual adult now and, and, uh, I need to go figure out where I'm going to get a job. And, and, um, and so, you know, and, and I kind of, started feeling bad almost because I was looking around at all of my friends who, you know, graduated and had their, had their jobs right out of college. And even a a friend of mine who, um, 
Not this incredible job working um, for a, a uh, for a space company making rocket ships and and uh, so you know they were all starting to you know buy homes and buy new cars and and um, you know started making more money and you know wanted to start going out to um, to better restaurants to go out to eat instead of just going down to Chick Fil A or something and and uh, and so you know I, I really got in this in this mess where I kind of started to feel almost a little bit depressed that my life wasn't escalating as quickly as theirs was and I was always um, you know, looking at myself five, 10 years down the road and, and I kind of started living in the future and, and it, it really kind of started to, um, started to affect me. And, and, um, and so, you know, and I know that I'm, I'm sure probably a lot of our listeners feel the same way. And, and, um, and so and when you had that realization moment, what, what were kind of some things that you started to do to kind of, um, begin to retrain yourself to be, uh, right where your feet are, so to say. Yeah, well, I mean, I definitely 100% agree with you. Um, You know, I got out of college, gosh, I think it was like seven years ago now, which is crazy. But I I remember that same exact feeling where it's like, it felt like no one had really prepared me for what was coming, you know, and then (laughs) it was like, if anything, it was hyped up as if I was going to walk into the world and like know what was going to happen next. And it was like the opposite of that. Um, I mean, I, I had a great, like, I had a great opportunity coming out of college to like do a year of service and like work for a human rights organization at the UN. And even that though, like I kept looking around being like, am I missing something? Like, why am I so sad? Like, why do I just want to go back to college, you know? Um, and so, yeah, like, I definitely think it's a process. It's definitely an overnight thing to like, abandon this sense of striving to like learn to be right where you are. And I don't say that in the sense of, I think that like pushing for things and setting goals and hustling, I think all of that is great. It's wonderful. Um, but I think it's like it, we do a disservice if we just miss what is going on right in front of us. And so I think for me, like I really try to root myself in in kind of three categories, in people and plans and projects, you know. And so who are the people that are around me right now? What are the projects that I'm currently working on? And what are the plans that I'm making for this week ahead? And how do I get really deliberate with what's right in front of me instead of always like, not even getting to be in the moment because I'm more concerned with whatever is going to happen next. And so even something like having a group of girls that I was meeting up with last night and I, I kept thinking in my head, like, Oh, I'm, I'm just ready for it to be over. Like I'm excited for it to be over because I had all this anxiety and was worried and like, didn't know how it was going to go. And I look back on that and I'm like, it was a great night and we were all nervous to be there. And like, really like God was teaching me in that moment, like how, how can I turn these worries into prayers and to go into the night with some sort of expectation and belief that God is going to show up and that God is doing something bigger. Um, And so learning how to do that in daily life when honestly daily life isn't always exciting. And I think that that's what they don't really tell you in college. You make it always seems like there's going to be these firework moments and then you get in a daily life and it's like learning how to cook and pay rent and be in a job you might not necessarily like, but it's good for you to learn those skills and to work under somebody. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a very, it's a lot of things at once. Yeah. That's awesome. And in, in the sense that you're bringing that to light and where, you know, being, having gone through all of that and seeing, wow, as I look back at it, even though as Michael said, it's jumping off of a cliff, but then 
even though it is hard trying to figure it out, it's hard as you're making your way through finding where is my sweet spot, where can I get to, but it's enjoying that journey. And looking back is all the worry, all the things of looking forward, how much I missed of really enjoying it. And even though I really did enjoy it, but I know I could have enjoyed it even more. Relish the moment, be in the moment, yeah. and knowing that. Matthew 6, God promises to take care of all of those needs, mm-hmm. and we can't add another day by worrying, and just really getting there to enjoy the journey, and so much in relationships as well, in, in marriage, that we talk about, even though we all experience these marital, marital valleys, we all have tough time, we can still enjoy the journey. Totally. It, it's really, yeah, it's, it's being right there. And a lot of times in relationships or is um, we always look forward to circumstances or people changing to make it better for our own life. Yeah. And you miss, you miss a lot when you do that. Yeah, you, you really do. And how I look back and, and just as a, you know, a young person coming out working in the finance world, uh, Wall Street was my dream. And how I discovered quickly, I hated it. It wasn't what I wanted yeah. at all. You know, just because it, it was what I looked forward to if I could arrive and get here, because you can make a ton of money doing that. But the, the process of the journey of learning, what did I need on that? And where was God leading me to? It wasn't about pursuing the dollar sign as I never thought I would become a marriage pastor working with couples and helping people experience a higher quality of life that would bring greater fulfillment. And really your message is so much. I would almost put it on the top is how can you be in the present? How, what can you do today? And that's what your whole message is. Right now in this hour. And I love, I love your title because, um, you know, we all wonder where we can matter and, um, you know, and what's going to make us matter. And, uh, I, um, you know, and, and even if it's in, uh, people, I think try and find means to matter in so many different avenues, either through their job or through their relationships, um, or, you know, through, uh, really through anything. And, and, um, and so I, uh, you know, when, when I first, um, when I first kind of got a hold of your book and, and, uh, kind of started, um, what you had put together, you know, I, I think that, um, I think that really what that means is I think that, you know, we kind of find ourselves in this chase and it's just kind of a, uh, it's just kind of a chase, you know, and, and, uh, around and around and around. And, and, um, and so, you know, I think it's so easy to kind of, to kind of stay in that chase and, and, um, you know, and I think it's, um, I think it's so, uh, I think it's so easy also to just kind of be, to kind of be distracted by the chase. And, um, and so, but what would be some ways, especially in, um, you know, we, we talk a lot about relationships on this show and, and, um, you know, what, what's kind of the, um, the antidote to kind of, uh, being in this place of always wanting to, to chase more and more and more. And then, um, you know, and then we, we kind of look back and see this, uh, this trail of destruction of a lot of, a lot of things we didn't take advantage of in the moment. I mean, I think it's, to, it's learning to like, it's learning to say like, okay, like say for instance, like today's Friday and I have a few meetings and I have some things going on and we're going to meet with friends later. And like, I could very easily be like, okay, well, what's the next 
interesting thing that's going to happen. I could very easily miss this whole entire day being like, oh, we're going to hang out with friends later. And it's like, am I missing what God is doing in this very moment, in this very conversation? And so I think it's like learning to see that like God is consistently like working miracles out through the mundane stuff, through the stuff that we don't even think is going to matter, through the emails that we're sending or the texts that we think to send. Um, I have a goal right now that I'm trying every single day to encourage one person, one person that probably hasn't heard from me in a little while or somebody that I just really like have it laid on my heart while I'm like praying and just reaching out to them because they're probably not expecting to get that message. There's a good chance they're not getting those messages on the regular. Um, But it's just stepping outside of yourself to say, okay, like, what can I learn from this moment? Or like this moment that I'm like trying to wish away because it's uncomfortable or because like, there are better things ahead. Like what is what am I supposed to learn in this moment? Like, how do I make the most of this moment? And so it's just continually bringing yourself back to this hour and this minute and what is in front of you and and what's on your planner and how can you be deliberate with those things rather than just needing to check them off the to-do list. Yeah. And I want to go back to what you just kind of said, because um, about, uh, I think uh, really what the word that comes to mind and while we're talking about this subject is intentionality. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about relationships on this podcast. And so I was, I was excited to ask you about uh, in your, um, in your research for this and, and kind of as you've been living, this is the mantra for your life. How have you seen this message of, you know, being intentional, being in the moment, uh, transform your relationship because I know you said you're married and and um, and then I, uh, I I'm sure that you know you also are intentional with your with your friends and with your family and and how how have you seen that um, change your relationships? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it, it's all a series of what I like to call like small things on repeat. You know, um, you don't just I don't know. I'm very new to marriage, so I'm not going to make any big claims about it. But what I have learned is that like. If y'all don't like, if you don't pay attention to one another and you don't serve one another and love one another and take interest in one another, like it's very easy to grow disconnected early on. And so for me, like I'm always trying to think of like, what are those small things that I can do? And yeah, sometimes there are grand gestures, but I think a lot of, a lot of our daily interactions are just small things. And so it's texting that person or it's picking up the phone and calling them or something that I'm doing right now is like, I'm getting birthday cards printed so that I can put birthday cards in the mail at the beginning of the month because we don't really send those anymore. And I love getting cards. And, you know, I am very intentional about like setting goals, um, daily goals, weekly goals and monthly goals. And so when I kind of look at all of the different spaces of my life, like, yeah, I set work goals or I set fitness goals or health goals, but I always try to set goals of like, okay, like what are my goals for like me and my husband? And like, what are the ways in which I'm going to serve him this month? Or what, like how many get togethers should I reach out and make the plans for? Because I think sometimes we can just get so caught up in like daily life and like busy weeks that like we look up and we're like, oh my gosh, I've not really even hung out with somebody for like the last two or three weeks. And so it it is definitely harder to reach out and make the plans. But I find that like, that's where real like lasting relationships are built. And so it's making space throughout your days 
to notice people. And the same thing with like the projects and the work that you do, like you can set goals for the future of like one day I want to write a book or one day I want to do this. But if we don't make the time for it, it just becomes, it becomes wishful thinking. And then we, we start to put our identity in that of like, Oh, well, I'm not good enough until I do this, or I'm not good enough until I do this or, um, anything from like a fitness plan of like, oh, well, when I'm in shape, then I'm going to feel good about myself. And all of that stuff just requires that we start something now that we set a small goal, and we go for it, and then we set another goal. And so we have to stop thinking that life is going to happen 30 days from now, or when we finish that challenge, it's like, no, every single day, there are victories, if we are willing to open up our eyes and just see it and change our perspective. That is good. Every day there are victories and we got to open up our eyes and see it. And big word, Hannah, that we always use through this is intentionality. Yeah. If you want to show me what is important in your life, show me your calendar. More than what your checkbook says, but show me your calendar. And just by the way, how you're talking about your relationships, talking about what you're doing is this, uh, you got a lot of things in there. And a lot of times, you know, it's a lot of people, especially Michael and I are both dreamers, so we're always thinking ahead. We're always dreaming of that next thing. And also, being guys, is we tend to compartmentalize a lot. We compartmentalize, you know, what we're going through. We don't really think about a lot of things, and, and not to say all guys are like this, but kind of more in general, is people we can we tend to compartmentalize trying to reach something and we really don't think about anything else. Trust yeah. me, we're not intentionally trying to leave other things out. It's just how we tend to think is we get in that box and we don't get out of that box until we can check that box off. But in the midst of all that, what I love about what you're saying is the intentional going through, making goals. And when we can make goals and, and be able to actually put the plan down to achieve it, how it really does raise up our quality of life. We get a, a richer life out of that instead of just going for one thing is we're from a holistic standpoint of our relationships to our career of encouragement, servanthood, all these things that come into playing for all of this. And I love how you're saying it is you are being intentional. You're setting goals, you're setting plans. And most of all, what I love hearing what you are sharing None of it revolves around you. It revolves around really other people. How can you help other people? How can you serve yeah. other people? And that was a great thing that you're bringing out. Thank you. It's it's definitely it's every day is a challenge in that you know like I find that when I don't set the goals, yeah, like it very much can become about me, you know. And I find that like I just. I'm the one that flounders in the days where I don't have any goals in front of me or anything to push for or reach for. And it's like, it's just interesting because all these things that you think that you want to do and these big goals, like they're really, yeah, it's really just a lot of small stuff broken down and it's a lot of hard work. And so I think if we're not intentional, if we're not deliberate, like we, we will let one area in our life kind of fall to the wayside and you kind of have to take an inventory to say, okay, like what's the most important stuff in my life? And like, how do I honor God with that? Now take us through the nitty gritty of kind of what you do. So when you wake up in the morning, how do you just write down all this stuff and say, I'm going to accomplish this? Or how do you get going to be in the moment to 
just really take on today? Well, so really a lot of it starts like at the beginning of the month. Um, I use something, they're called power sheets and they're, my friend Laura Casey created them. They're awesome, but they, one, they start at the beginning of the year. You set goals for the year and then you break it down month by month. And so I set out my monthly goals, which include the monthly, the weekly, and the daily goals. Um, and then what I do is I keep those in front of me. I have them with me so that I'm able to see them because you can easily set a goal and then just forget about it, you know? So it's in front of me consistently all the time that I remember to drink water or um, encourage a friend or find a way to like intentionally like serve Lane. Um, that's my husband. Um, but then, yeah. I start every single week, um, every Sunday evening, planning out the week and what are the meetings that I'm going to and what are the things that have to get done and what are the creative projects that I want to accomplish. And then I will, before every workday wraps up, I will set out what needs to happen the next day. I find out that if I just like wake up in the morning and I try to come up with a game plan, I can easily get really overwhelmed or become a little aimless. And so I always know that morning, like what I'm walking in to do. I think that's, I think that's great because, um, you know, I think that a lot of us kind of wake up and, and, you know, we see this huge long to-do list and it's kind of a little bit daunting almost because you think, man, I don't think I can get all this done today. And, and I like your idea of, um, of thinking and more in, in uh, on a monthly term, but um, you know, I wanted to ask you, uh, Hannah. It's it's um, you know, we uh, we're talking about you know being intentional and and about um, you know the steps to take achieve our goals, but by living in the moment and and you know something that I've kind of been really trying to focus on these last couple of months in particular have just been once I reach that goal, actually being intentional about celebrating in the moment. Because, you know, I find that once I achieve a goal, it's like, I'm like, well, let's just, let's just move on to the next one. And I, I what can I accomplish next? And, and, um, and so what have you found whenever you, whenever you reach a goal, whenever you accomplish that, like whenever you sign that book deal and, and, um, how are you intentional about, um, about being in that moment and the moments of, um, of celebration? Yeah, celebration is definitely something that I feel like I'm really trying to like cultivate and like focus on this year on um, like celebrating like the little things that happen in my life, but also like celebrating the things that are happening in my friends' lives. And so like that's where it comes down to like birthday cards or like when you go to a birthday party, like it, it's really not that much to get some kind of thoughtful gift and make somebody feel like seen and noticed or like uh, the little milestones that we're experiencing every single day that it's easy to just like double tap or like or put a comment like you could easily drop something in the mail or you could call them and like say like congratulations so that they hear your voice. Um, and so I definitely think I have an easier time celebrating other people than I do um, myself. But I really think what it all comes down to, though, is like you have to make time for it. Like if you don't make time in advance 
to like say, okay, somebody's birthday is coming up and I want to order them a gift soon enough, that person's birthday will be here and gone. And it will be another thing that you'll say, oh, like I I wish that I had done that, you know? And so we're trying to just get into the habit of like starting things early and then planning them into the daily routine so that even if it's a bigger project, like there's ample room and time for it to be done. And so with me, like celebrating, like I'm just like very simple when it comes to celebrating, like I'll celebrate with like a latte or like we'll go out for like a sushi dinner but like yeah I think I think it's so important that we stop and we rejoice and we thank God and we kind of like we debrief after a month and a week you know and so I've been trying to get more um, disciplined with closing out a month and being able to look back and say okay these are the things that happened rather than these are the things that I wanted to get done and I just wasn't able to do it. Yeah. The story that comes to my mind is as far as, you know, being intentional about where you are is in, um, especially in, in being able to celebrate where you are is I was in a, the, a friend of some, uh, some in the home of some friends who, uh, they're just tremendously successful in business and, and, um, you know, they've, uh, kind of are living the life, you know, that I had kind of always imagined for myself. And so I had uh, went out and, and stayed with them for a couple of days. And, and, um, I remember the, uh, the lottery here in Missouri was just like, just huge. I think it was like the biggest lottery of our future. And, and, um, I remember sitting at their kitchen table with them and, and, um, they were just, you know, sharing with me something really exciting that was happening in their business. And, and, uh, then they, uh, they got, they bought lottery tickets and I thought, wow, that's the strangest thing. I was like, you know, these people have just been more successful than I could ever even imagine for myself. And here they are buying lottery tickets. And I remember they kind of were going back and forth saying, man, wouldn't it be so great to win the lottery? And, and, um, and one of them said, you know, oh yeah, you know, we could uh, move into that, that brand new neighborhood and, and, uh, you know, with all those, with all those huge homes and, and they already did live in a huge home. And, and so I just thought to myself, wow, you know, it's, uh, it's almost like, you know, the more successful you get, the more of you just, the, it doesn't really matter. You just always still want more. And, uh, so really I, I, that's why I love your message because I think that, uh, so often, you know, we just, we just are in this place of uh, we just feel lost and, and stuck and and uh, we want to be able to kind of live in the future and not being able to um, not being able to value and, and honor what we've been given right now at this time. And, and you know, Hannah, I, I think that there's a lot of listeners that are um, agreeing and and uh, maybe even giving an amen while we've been talking and, and uh, that are just really having a tough time with this and maybe are a little bit lost and and, um, and need to be able to uh, kind of have that that flip that switch of being able to live right now and right here in this moment. And, and uh, so would you mind praying for those people? Absolutely. God, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for the conversations that have been had. Um, God, and we just, we know that you, you know, everything, God, you already know our thoughts and our feelings and what's to come, God. And so we just pray right now for the people that feel a little lost. They feel a little distracted. They feel like the present moment, like, it's just not good enough. It's just, they're missing something, God. And we just ask that you would reawaken every single one of us, God, to the here and the now and the present moment and what you're doing in the present moment. We know that you're always at work. We know that you never, um, you're never absent. You're never running out the door from us, God. And so just help us to be here and to see you at work and to praise you 
and to see the good in a world that can often just seem so cynical and so dark, God. Um, We pray for clarity. We pray for some answers. But more than anything, God, we just pray that instead of um, consistently praying, well, get me out of this and get me out of this and move me on to the next thing, God, we pray that you would help us walk through the things that are in our lives and the things that might not feel the most comfortable or the things that we want to get on to the next thing, God, because we know that there's always something that we are meant to learn. There's always a lesson to make us better, God, and to make us more like your son. And so help us to move through things rather than just getting on to the next thing. We ask all of this in your beautiful son's name in jesus name amen amen and i got a quick question for you before you go is because i know there are people listening that are going i have no discipline i'm not able to make plans what can they do that you've found to really help people who can really start planning start grabbing on to really what you taught and shared with us today to really help them to really embrace of living in today. Yeah. See, I don't think you like the call to action is definitely not like, okay, start planning your daily, your weekly, your monthly goals. You know, that's something that I definitely had to build up to. And so if you're somebody who's not that disciplined um, and you think like, well, I can't set goals or like, that's not the way that my mind works. I think there's two things. I think one, we have to be really careful about the stories we tell about ourselves. And so I know that I was stuck in that mold for a while of thinking, oh, well, I'll never be able to cook or I'm not this kind of person. And I realized I was like really holding myself back from things that I might actually really enjoy and things that I might really be good at. And so this idea of like, well, I'm not that disciplined. It's like, it doesn't mean that you can't become disciplined. Like you have just as much resources and capabilities as the next person. And the other thing that I would say, like, if you're feeling like, man, like, I don't really know how to plan out a week or a month, like, just start with one thing. Like what is one thing in the week ahead that you want to do better that will help you be here and be present and, you know, really feel like there's some sort of victory. I mean, I was meeting, I said earlier that I was meeting with a group of girls yesterday and we kind of ended by like sharing what, what each one of us wanted to do as a challenge for the week. And there was one girl that had talked about cooking and about how she didn't really like vegetables and this and that. And we were all telling her like, oh, like if you roast vegetables, they're so much better and da 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 da. And so her challenge ended up being that like one time within the week ahead, she is going to roast some sort of vegetable. It is such a small goal, but to her, it's, it's a big thing and it's a step towards something better and something that she wants. And so set that one small goal or challenge that at the end of the week, it's going to feel good that you did it. And don't go overboard. If you are not somebody who cooks or works out, like your goal shouldn't be to work out five days this next week, you know, maybe going to the gym once. Or um, if you are somebody who's like, yeah, I, I've been struggling to read my Bible and I want to get back into it more. It's like, okay, well, like try to do it twice this week rather than, I'm just going to go seven days a week. And the second you fail, like you feel like you can't start over again. That's really good. And for people wanting more information, how to get this, how to embrace this is go get Hannah's book, Come Matter Here. You can get it at any bookstore and order it even on Amazon and uh, be very well worth the investment. I think no matter what age you are or where 
what season you're in is get the book, Come Matter Here. Hannah, thank you so much for joining Absolutely. us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And that's our show with Hannah Brinsher. If you enjoyed our conversation today with Hannah, I would highly encourage you to go get a copy of her book. It's called Come Matter Here, and it is sold wherever books are sold. But if you don't want to look, I have a link for you on my website, michaelgibson.org. Dad and I love interacting with you, our listeners, and so we'd love it if you would join us on our Facebook pages. My Facebook page is facebook.com slash themichaelgibson. That's facebook.com slash themichaelgibson. And also feel free to email me your comments and questions. I love interacting with you, reading your emails and replying to emails. Michael at michaelgibson.org. Our music is produced, as always, by my good friend Rob McLean, and you've been listening to Words to Live By.